and we are live with another edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside once again by Andrew Johnson. Andrew, we have one week left in the NFL regular season. As of this week, week 17 is in the books. We now head into week 18, and the playoff picture gets a little bit more clearer now in the NFL, in both the AFC and the NFC. Some teams clinched a home field advantage this week. Division tiles are still up for grabs. Wild card spots are still up for grabs. A lot to be going on. And quick note, Johnson, before we continue, I'm watching the Alabama-Michigan game. First play of the game, interception for Michigan. So bad start for the Wolverines. Uh, J.J. McCarthy has to step his game up, and we'll have that co- we'll have that recap come to you uh, coming in hot tomorrow night. Yes, we will. Now, I know that there's only uh, – I know we were all excited for 18 weeks of commercial free football, and we only have one week of that left. However, we still have five weeks of football left. We have the playoffs. We, we have next week. Lots of good football to come. We have the national championship game for – for the uh, college football. So lots of good football coming up, and I can't wait to get into this. Yeah, we, we spoke about it on the last show, the Thursday night game, which helped the Cleveland Browns clinch their spot into the postseason with their win over the Jets. But as I mentioned, a lot more teams clinched the playoff spot and even clinched home field advantage in their respective conferences after this past week. A lot of big-time upsets happened as well, and teams keeping themselves alive in the playoff race. And we had a big game on Saturday between the Cowboys and Lions, and that was a game, Johnson, that ended in a lot of controversy after what happened late in the game. For those who don't know, the Cowboys gave up a game-tying touchdown, or I guess a game-tying touchdown the grand scheme of things to the Lions to make it 20-19. to The Lions ended up going for two points to try to take the lead and most likely win the game at the end of the day. They got the two-point conversion, and the biggest controversy for the game was that the Lions – were called for illegal touching due to the fact, or I'm sorry, illegal man downfield. I think there was the call or illegal touching. It was one of the two because apparently Taylor Decker did not report himself eligible as a receiver on the play, even though he I... went to the referee and did say he was eligible. The referee said that a different offensive lineman told him he was eligible. So because of that, it led to a penalty. Detroit got backed up to the seven. They still went for a two point conversion. They got a free play due to an offside of the Dallas. So, they had another chance inside the five-yard line to try to get the two-point conversion. They were not able to get it, and it cost the Lions in this game because they followed the Cowboys 20-19. Both teams now go to 11-5, and now the Cowboys are in the driver's seat to get the two-seed in the NFC. Now, I've said this multiple times, Nick, and you can back me up here. These referees will literally never be held accountable. I, I understand that they're being quote-unquote punished because this crew will not be allowed to touch any playoff games, and that should be the case. But is that really a good enough punishment for something like this? This is It's not like these are two it's not because four and 12 teams. It's not it's, like it's two yeah. bottom of the, of the league teams where really each team isn't trying to win. They're trying to get draft pick. These teams are playing for playoff seeding. Yeah. Dallas is playing for a top two. Is was really playing for the one seed. They still really... They, they had a chance point, up until what happened on Sunday. Yeah, they had a chance. They were playing for the one seed, and Detroit was playing for the one seed too. Right. They had a, they had now they both these teams had an outside chance of the one seed. If not, they could lock up the two seed. And that nothing else is going to happen to this crew rather than okay, you're not gonna get get chance to ref a playoff game is kind of ridiculous. There needs to be some sort of relegation system that prevents refs like this from coming back. Because if you even listen to some of the broad, different broadcasts in other languages, like the Spanish broadcast, the announcer reported like, oh yeah, they said he was downfield, that the ref confirmed that all these different camera angles 
all, all these different players being mic'd up. There's no reason why a call like this should be happening in 2023. You know, we're in 2024. This is the New Year's Day edition of the podcast. But uh, in the modern era, there's no reason this should be happening. And it's just it's a black eye on sports. And now with the introduction of gambling pretty much in every single state. Once money starts getting involved for the general population, it becomes a lot uglier. And there are probably a lot of guys out there who had bets on the games, that whether it was Lions money line or uh, if it was Dallas um, or if it was uh, Dallas money line. Those Dallas money lines got bailed out. For example, listen, if you had Dallas spread and it goes in overtime and Dallas gets a touchdown in overtime, that covers the spread. Yeah. That and the extra point covers the spread. So there's a lot of different scenarios where a lot of people got screwed out of their bets. And it, listen, it's a billion dollar industry and it needs to be treated like such. So these tit tat fouls that kind of get uh, or these tit tat mistakes that shouldn't be happening. It, it's a black guy on the sport. Yeah, I mean, this is the same officiating crew that also had that controversial play uh, with the Chiefs with Marquise Valdez scandling when he got held in the game against, I'm trying to think, was that the Buffalo game? Um, Where, oh no, it that was the game against the Eagles in which he got held for defensive pass interference, the referees didn't call it, and it cost the Chiefs that game. And this was the same officiating crew in that game on Saturday between the Lions and the Cowboys, and it cost uh, Detroit that game because they would have won the game, it looks like, essentially, had they had gotten that two-point conversion. And now, like you mentioned, that win would have put them at 12-4 and four going into the final week. It would have given them a chance to still get the number one seed in the NFC. But with the loss, it helped San Francisco uh, as a Sunday clinch it, as well as another loss that we'll talk about a little bit later on. But it's a big break for the Cowboys considering what happened on Sunday because now they go into Week 18 with a scenario where they, they win. They're going to win the NFC East and get second seed in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, they still have to play. They still have to start their players. They don't get a rest week. They don't get a bye week. Neither will the Eagles, which we're going to do a little bit later. But still, it's a black eye on the sport that stuff like this continues to happen. Roger Goodell really does not care. Any referee that would care would allow you to have unlimited calls. I don't care if it's they have this thing where it's like, oh, if it's within two minutes, you're not allowed to uh, challenge a call. And if you are that insecure in your ref's ability, then you need new refs. And this is clearly, again, we're going to kind of beat this with a dead horse again. But if you're that insecure about your referee's ability to actually call the game correctly when it's important, when the game's on the line, you shouldn't have this rule like, oh, you can't you can't challenge something with with under two minutes to go because that's complete BS. And all those all those fans got screwed. All those players and coaches got screwed. They work 24, 7, 365 long, even during the offseason, they're doing workouts, reviewing film. grueling days you know from sunset sundown and they just get smacked it's a slap in the face of the players that yeah. they could, you know they, they could work so hard they could make the right play and still at the end of the day well we lost because it's our ref's fault we're gonna acknowledge it's our ref's fault but we're not gonna do anything about it that's what's even worse about this that the nfl quietly acknowledge this but they're not gonna do anything else to fix it that's what makes this even worse yeah uh I'm also watching this game. Johnson and Michigan just had a really boneheaded play, and it's also like it's really been a bad couple of days for for Detroit. If Michigan is to lose this uh, college football playoff game against Alabama, uh, but oh, Texas, are, it's Texas, Bama. That's 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 the finals. Maybe spoiler alert. But like like I said, it, the the Lions still have won the division. They are not really essentially playing for anything. They they have a chance to still get the two C in the NFC, but what they'll have to. 
what they need to happen on Sunday, I believe, is they need the Cowboys to lose, and they might also need the Eagles to lose as well to get that number two seed. Um, Yeah, they need help now, and they could have controlled. They should be controlling their own destiny. Right. So they're in a tough scenario where they essentially can't really do much. They have to hope for the Commanders to win. They need the Giants to win, maybe, to get that potential number two seed. And they're playing a Vikings team that we'll talk about a little bit later on that is also playing for something coming into week number 18. So might not be easy considering these two teams just met just two weeks ago, and that was a really close game. But now we'll go into the Sunday slate of this past week in the NFL. And how about the Baltimore Ravens shots? And they have been looking dominant these last couple weeks, and they showed it again on Sunday with a big-time win over the Miami Dolphins, steamrolling them by a final of 56-19. to Lamar Jackson pretty much essentially locks up MVP in a lot of people's books with this performance, a five-touchdown game, only three three incompletions on, and 321 yards, a rough day for Tua Tagovailoa, two touchdowns, two interceptions, did not have Jalen Waddell in this game, also did not have Raheem Mostert in this game, so some big-time losses for the Dolphins on their offense. And the Ravens, they just took advantage of it. They steamrolled Miami. They clinched now the number one seed in the AFC. And now the road to the Super Bowl goes through Baltimore. Yeah, half a Tyreek Hill. And like you mentioned, no Jalen Waddle equaled a tough day for Tua. Can't really see, say that this is going to be that surprising. What was surprising was how they lost. Because I think we all had kind of penciled them as losing. I remember I said, oh, the Ravens are going to cover this game easily. But we didn't expect the Ravens to like cover this. the over under by themselves. Yeah, that was crazy. But what they score? Fifty points. Forty two points to nineteen. That was the final. Yeah, the over under was forty six and a half. So the Ravens covered the uh, the point spread by themselves. Yep, which is crazy. Yep. Uh, yeah, rough day for Miami because now look what's happening with Buffalo because of Buffalo's win over New England. Now next week's game between the Bills and the Dolphins is for the AFC East Championship and. We called this a couple weeks ago, Johnson. We said there's a good scenario where this could happen in week number 18, and that's exactly where we're going to get, and we're going to get it on Sunday Night Football. So that should be a really good primetime game coming up this week. Oh, boy. Well, um, you know what's funny about this whole uh, Buffalo-Miami controversy right now? Not really controversy, but the AFC East playoff uh, division race. Uh, Buffalo was plus 600 after week 14. They're now the betting favorites to win the division. Yep. The change of coordinator certainly helped the Bills. I mean, they did struggle against the Patriots this week, but they were able to hold Listen, on and get the if win. If Bailey Zappi just managed to not throw for interceptions, the Bills would have lost by 20 points. So I can't even say that Buffalo's look good. I think Miami should probably steamroll them, but we'll find out. We'll have to see. But we had a division potential clinching scenario in the NFC South between the Buccaneers and the Saints. It was pretty much simple for the, for the Buccaneers, Johnson. Win this game, you win the division, and you're in the postseason. But... They started off really slow, and New Orleans came out really strong offensively and defensively, and the Buccaneers just could not get back at the end of the day. They fall on this one 23-13. So now both of these teams, Johnson, they go into week number 18, both tied at 8-8. The Buccaneers still hold the record, the tiebreaker in conference with with the Saints. So for Tampa Bay, all they have to do this week is beat the Panthers and they get into the playoffs for the Saints. They will need to beat the Atlanta Falcons, and they will also need Carolina to beat Tampa Bay in order to get into the playoffs as a division winner. They also have a scenario when it comes to the wild card, which we'll talk about a little bit later on, but a huge win for New Orleans nonetheless. 
Now, what do you do with Baker? If Baker loses next week, do you actually go for a quarterback? Because if he I'd loses next week, they're out of the playoffs. I, I would too, but um, you, you've seen strange things happen with NFL teams, with Russell Wilson, with uh, with coaches. You've seen strange things happen, so I, I wouldn't call it out of the ordinary if it does happen, right? Yeah. I, I think it's really going to come down to if you lose to Carolina, that's really that's bad. a stain. It's a it's really a stain of what you did for that four game winning streak because you had a really good stretch going in, and then they falter like this to New Orleans, where their offense didn't start off strong. The defense struggled early on against the Saints when it came to the running game, and now it's essentially you got to be Carolina. It's it's pretty much. In, a lot of people would say it's an easy opportunity considering the Panthers are 2-14. and 14, But if Tampa Bay plays like they did in the first half of this game against Carolina, things could get very, very tricky. And it could be a scenario where if Carolina beats Tampa, Johnson, that Falcons and Saints game is going to be for the division title. What a world we live in. Um, I can't say it. Listen, they should be Carolina. Bryce Young's been struggling to throw the ball for more than 150 yards a game the entire season. Not saying it's his fault. It's a combination of probably the coaching staff, uh, the GM, the actual a, a lot of different factors down there, the actual talent around him. Um, so I can't say it's all oh, it's his fault completely. Give him another year, but uh, be interesting to see what happens if the Buccaneers do end up do uh, losing that game. If Bryce Young can tap into that potential and win that game, it's going to be really interesting on uh, on Sunday. Hey, Bryce Young got injured in their game against the Jaguars, so you hope to see if maybe he gets – he did finish the game, but we'll have to see if he does play upcoming Week 18, a big game for They're the NFC South. No matter what. So if I'm Ben, I, if I'm, if I'm ben personally, I, I would probably sit him because they're locked into the one seed. Up. Well, here's the thing. Like, I, I call myself here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not the one seed. They're locked in the number one pick, but they don't even they don't own that have pick. It. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, they're locked in. Oh, it's the Bears pick. It's uh, So I don't know what you do. I mean, I would just rest him for his health. If it's if he's 50-50, I'd rest him for his health. Yeah. I'd I'll rest any rookie, actually. The first touchdown of the game. Off Congratulations. Of, off that muff punt. But, yeah, no, I, I'm curious. I think you have to just play him and just see what happens because why not? You're still, you're still trying to figure out what he is. And you're trying to see if there's because he has shown a little bit of improvement these last couple of weeks. So if you're Carolina, and especially if you're New Orleans and Atlanta, you're hoping that Bryce Young plays that game because you want to have an opportunity to win the division title. So we'll have to see what happens. But continuing on in our playoff matchups, we'll go with the next game between the Colts and the Raiders. This is a game in which both teams were still alive in the playoff race. Pretty much a loss would end up ending their, this one of their teams' uh, chances of making the postseason. And that, unfortunately, would go to the Las Vegas Raiders. They fall in this one 23-20. Jonathan Taylor looked pretty good in this one. Had 98 yards rushing and a touchdown. And the Colts defense did just enough to hold on to win this game. They stay alive. They currently go into the final week of the season, Johnson, with that seventh overall wild card spot. So if the season ended today, they would be in the postseason. They essentially play a winning game against the Texans in week number 18. And meanwhile, for the Vegas Raiders, their season ends. They are now eliminated from postseason co- competition, but a great job by Antonio Pierce to get them into the position nonetheless. And now we'll have to see what happens for them going into next year. Yeah, this man should be the f- this man should be the head coach. Uh, please, for the love of God, God, do not mess this up. Um, please hire this man. I realize they lost to the Colts. That's great and all, but he has to be the guy. They cannot make the same mistake twice. They can't do do what they did to Rich Bisakia. 
and do and do what they do to him. So I think he's proved that, uh, that he should be the head coach. I don't think he'll have a hefty price tag. So I'm excited to see what this team can do next year. And meanwhile, for the Colts now, Johnson, I mean, they've had a, an interesting year, obviously, with Anthony Richardson go down with injury. Gardner Mitchell's been the quarterback most of the year. And they've had injuries with Jonathan Taylor also as well. And yet they're still in a playoff spot. They have a 9-7 record. One win gets you into the postseason if you're able to beat Houston next week. That would be a great game on Saturday night between those two teams and a matchup between two teams that we didn't expect to be in the postseason race to begin with going into the year. And yet now one went away from both injuries too. Yeah. And now they're both one went away from getting into the postseason. It's literally a win and in scenario. That's why you love football. You love these type of scenarios going into a final week of the season. And we're going to get it on Saturday night. We'll preview that game later on in the show in the mushing hour. But Johnson, We've got to talk about this next game. And you know I was very happy to watch this happen. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles, a very, very bad loss to the Arizona Cardinals this past week at home. And a game in which the Eagles were going into halftime. They were up 21-6. to And the Cardinals exploded in the second half, outscoring the Eagles by a score of 29-10 to in that second half. They get a late rushing touchdown for James Conner to give them a late lead. And they were able to pull off one of the biggest upsets of the season, knocking off the defending NFC champions 35-31. to That win, Johnson, because of that, gave San Francisco the opportunity to clinch the number one seed in the NFC with their win over Washington and the Cardinals pulling off this upset. So the Niners will have home field advantage in the postseason this year. And as I mentioned earlier, with this loss for Philadelphia, it puts the Cowboys now back into first place in the NFC East. So now, for Philadelphia, they don't even control their own destiny going into week number 18. They not only have to beat the Giants in week 18, but they will need the Washington Commanders to beat the Cowboys in week 18 to not only clinch the NFC East, but to potentially get the number two seed in the NFC. Now, what I say a couple weeks ago, Nick, I said this team reminded me of a certain other Pennsylvania-based organization a couple of years ago that went uh, 11-0. Yeah, you said that about Pittsburgh. This really one in four over the last five. This is really reminding me of that Pittsburgh team where they beat up again. You in the NFL, you don't make your own schedule. It's the schedule makers, et cetera, et cetera. But my God, you they really need to actually step up against even the competition that's quote unquote bad for them. Uh, Kyler Murray that was out for three quarters of the year with a bunch of ragtag receivers and 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 James Conner. You yeah. need to beat this team. And now that this team is losing confidence. I mean, you'll get a confidence boost against the Giants next week. No offense, Nick. No, um, I'm not taking. But this is bad. If you're if you're an Eagles fan, you, you the panic button should have been pressed two weeks ago, and now you've ejected the, spe- the seat into the stratosphere. Like, the plane is going down on this team right now. It's been a mix of things, too. The offense have had their struggles. The defense certainly had their struggles in this one. They couldn't stop James Conner in the rushing game. Kyler Murray did good as well in the passing game. And as you mentioned, they didn't even have Hollywood Brown, the number one wide receiver in this game. So the fact that they were able to do this without him is really a bad sign for the Eagles, giving up 35 points to a team that went into this game with three wins. And how funny is it for the Cardinals that two of their four wins this season have come against the top of the NFC East. So that's just how crazy this football season has been. And now for the Eagles, as I mentioned, you have you have a really bad wave of momentum now going in not only to this final week of the season, but going into the playoffs. They've already clinched their playoff spot, absolutely, but their chances of winning the division title now have gone down slimly, 
And considering that Dallas is playing a Washington team that has four wins in the season, it's not looking good for the Eagles. Hit the panic button, Eagles fans. I don't know what to do at this point, but if I'm you, just uh, temper your expectations and maybe if you win one playoff game, I'd be happy. I'd be very happy for those results the way you've played the last four weeks. Well, if they play at the season ended today, they would be playing the NFC South division winner, which will right now be Tampa Bay. Which will but be your buy, about pretty much a bye game. So congratulations. Who on knows? That. But the way the season's gone, Johnson, I think anything is possible. This there are the two Eagles. bye games in the NFC each, each year. It's one is the one seed, and two is the uh, the first wild card who plays the NFC South. Well, I guess time will have to tell, but. Talk about teams getting a big win this week. How about the Pittsburgh Steelers, Johnson, going into Seattle and getting a monster road win against the Seahawks, 30-23. to The Steelers saving their season with their with this win. Now go into Week 18 with needing to beat the Ravens, but also they'll need some help along the way to get into the postseason as well. And this is a game for the Steelers in which they were able to run the football very, very well. Najee Harris on 122 yards rushing. Jalen Warren ran for 75 yards. Both of them combined for three touchdowns, which were these three touchdowns the Steelers would score in this game. George Pickett had 131 yards receiving. Mason Rudolph looked pretty good again. He will get the start once again for the Steelers this upcoming week against the Baltimore Ravens. And on the other side of things for the Seahawks, a tough loss. They still go into Week 18 controlling, not even controlling their own destiny now, considering what happened on Sunday Night Football. So now the Seahawks, they need to not only win in Week 18, but they will need some help along the way to get into the postseason. So it's been an up and down year for Seattle and for the Steelers. One thing to note, Johnson, Mike Tomlin continues the streak. It's now 17 straight years. He's going to have a winning record. Man, that reminds me of a certain college basketball coach. I had a streak just like that. Uh, I wonder how he ended his career. It also reminds you of your own coach, Bill Belichick, 19 straight winning seasons for the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say he's Mike Tomlin's kind of like the Mike Anderson of, oh, yeah. uh, of the NFL, you know all these winning seasons, but what's it actually leading to, leading towards at this point? He's got that. He's got those. He's got that one Super Bowl. I almost said two, but I forgot he wasn't the coach for the first one. Yeah, he's got a uh, one Super Bowl. What fifteen years ago at this point was it? Two thousand eight. It was two thousand eight. Yep. So sixteen years ago. So and they haven't if been you to the can't Super hear Bowl that, I'm clapping into my microphone. So you've had uh, fifteen seasons of mediocrity and one good season. Just like Coach Mike. And we'll talk about what the Seals will need to do in week number 18 to get into the postseason. As I mentioned, they not only have to win their game, but they will need a certain team to lose to get into the postseason. So we'll have to see what happens for them. But it's a monster loss for Seattle because if they won the game, they would be in control of their own destiny going into week 18. Now they're not even in their own control. It's another team in the NFC that controls their own destiny going into week 18. So Seattle not only needs to win, but they will need that certain team to lose. We'll talk about that certain team in just a little bit. But I know we won't go much into this game just because it was kind of a a rough game for both teams offensively. But the Kansas City Chiefs were able to hold on to beat the Cincinnati Bengals by the final 25-17. Sure. No, that's what I want to say. I at, at, this point, he, at this point, he's mediocre. Um, the game essentially clinches the AFC West title for the Chiefs. Their eighth straight AFC West championship. So they are going back to the postseason as a division winner. It'll be the first time, though, in a while that they're going to go into the playoffs with the division title, but will not have home field advantage in the postseason. So they will have to go on the road at some point in this postseason as well. And another thing to note in this game now for the other side, the Bengals, with the loss, officially get eliminated from the postseason competition. So 
a tough end of the season for Cincinnati considering the injuries they had with Joe Burrow. Browning did, you know, got them in the position to stay alive, but a bad performance against the Steelers really, you know, started the, you know, essential digging of the grave. And then unfortunately that grave was sealed this with this loss to the Chiefs. And now they will have a game against the, uh, the Browns in week 18 to end their season, but tough end of the road for them. And now for Kansas City, we'll see if they can make any noise in the playoffs like they did last year. Yeah, I'm not going to – listen, I'm, I'm ready to write Kansas City off. I know you are. Patrick Holmes had 245 yards and one touchdown. That was probably his best game in the last six in the last two months. This yeah. game, yeah, I, I would say this game, probably besides that Vegas game, was his best game since uh, October 22nd versus the Chargers. Uh, so this I, is his second best game in two in, in over two months. Uh, I'm very curious to see what happens with this team in the playoffs because they have just looked really bad these last couple of weeks offensively. The defense is the reason why they won this game for, for sure. And now they go into the postseason. Looks to be, if the season ended today, they would be the number three seed. I think they still have a scenario where they could be the two seed in the AFC. Uh, they would, actually, no, I, I'm wrong. They're, I think they're locked into the three seed now that I think about it. Because they were locked if, in. Because even if Buffalo beats Miami, Buffalo beat Kansas City head-to-head, so they would have the same record. So, yeah, the Chiefs are going to be locked into the three seed, and now that would really come down to who they would play in the wild card. It looks to be they would play either Buffalo or Miami, potentially, for that last wild card, or maybe even Cleveland if the Browns were to lose to the Bengals. So there might be something still on the line this week for Cleveland, depending on how that goes. But, yeah, the Chiefs, I guess, win another division title, and now we'll have to see if they do anything in the playoffs, but... Well, the offense doesn't look good to, to show me that they will. <laughs> so, who knows? Now, one guy I want to talk about in this game was Jordan Love showing out once again in last night's Sunday night game, the final game of 2023. Not the final game of the season, but the final game of the year. Jordan yep. Love continues to be that guy. And you got to start asking, is he the future of the Packers? I think they, they got to extend them after the season. He's got to be. He's show, he is shown. And I real, I, okay, I realize he's been in the league for four years now, right? He's 25 years, but he'll, here's the thing. He's 25 years old. He probably has a solid decade of football ahead of him. He's got a solid decade of football. Give him the contract. He's performing well. He's going to end this season with almost a 3-1 to touchdown to interception ratio with a team that's marching towards the playoffs right now. Yeah. And think about this now. For the Packers, they get this big win over the Vikings. Pretty much essentially eliminate the Vikings from playoff contention. They aren't eliminated just yet, but... The Vikings will need a ton of help in Week 18 to even make the postseason. But this is a monster win for Green Bay. Their offense looked great in this one. They had Bo Melton, had 100 yards receiving. That was the first time this year, Johnson, the Packers had a 100-yard receiver on the entire year. That was a guy, Bo Melton, that was on the practice squad. They just signed him today to their active roster. So a great job by Green Bay to do this next-man-up mentality. Their defense looks strong as well. They forced the Vikings uh, quarterback change at halftime and Nick, to, from Jaron Hall to Nick Mullins. Aaron Jones had 120 yards rushing. And the Packers, as I mentioned now, it's pretty much simple for them going into Week 18. If you beat the Chicago Bears, you go into the playoffs as the number seven seed in the NFC. So the Packers have their chance to go back into the playoffs considering the fact that they made this big quarterback change. And it looked like at the start of the year that it was going to be a rough going for this team. And yet now we're at the stage of the season where they are one win away from the playoffs. What a time to be alive right now for a Packer fan. Maybe marching towards the playoffs, we'll find out. But 
Uh, I think that's all we have for our recap. Would you like to go into our playoff scenarios now? Because yes, we will. There's a lot. down a little bit. There is a lot. There's still a lot to go. There's set, so some things have been clinched. We know that the home field advantage has been clinched in both the AFC and the NFC. The Dolphins, Chiefs, and Browns have clinched playoff spots as well. The Chiefs obviously win the AFC West. The Dolphins will obviously need to beat the Buffalo Bills this upcoming week to clinch the AFC East. They're already locked into a playoff spot, but they have not yet to clinch a division title, so they will need to beat the Bills in order to do that. The Bills, if they beat the Miami Dolphins, they will clinch the AFC East and also will clinch a playoff spot. Because technically, Johnson, Buffalo is still not into the playoffs just yet. There's a scenario where they could get eliminated and miss the playoffs entirely. If the Ravens lose to the Steelers and the Bills lose to Miami, the Steelers would jump the Buffalo Bills in the wild card and they would eliminate the Bills from postseason competition. So That is correct. There is a chance this Bills could still miss the playoffs this upcoming Sunday. They obviously need to win this game against Miami. And considering that the Ravens have nothing to play for this upcoming Saturday, the Steelers have a really good opportunity to force the Bills to go all out and go all in in this game against the Miami Dolphins. Now, on the other side of the AFC, we have the Jaguars, Colts, and Texans, all with the same record going into the final week. They are all 9-7. and seven. The Jaguars right now hold the tiebreaker in the division. They would need to beat the Tennessee Titans this week to clinch the division. If they lose this game, they, might get, they will most likely potentially get eliminated from the postseason competition. And the Steelers could jump them for that wild card. So there's a scenario where the Steelers could make it as well. The Colts and Texans is pretty much a win and in scenario. Whoever wins that game gets into the postseason for them. And for the division title, obviously, the, if one of those teams, obviously, if one of them wins and then the Jaguars lose to the Tennessee, then that winner of the Colts and Texans game will win the AFC South. So big opportunity for those teams going in to week number 18 in the. Let's try to look at the scenarios. Let's go to the NFC now. In the NFC East, it's simple for the Cowboys winning in to win the NFC East. If they beat the Commanders or if the Eagles lose to the Giants, they will win the NFC East crown. The Eagles will need to beat the Giants, and they'll need the Commanders to beat the Cowboys to clinch that NFC East title. So the Eagles will need will need some help from a division rival to get into the postseason as a division champion, as well as a top-two seat in the NFC. In the NFC South, we have the Buccaneers leading the division despite their loss to the Saints last week. If they beat the Panthers, they clinch the division title. But as I mentioned earlier, Johnson, if they lose this game to Carolina, that Saints and Falcons game becomes a win and in scenario for both of those teams. So there's something to go alive potentially if Carolina could pull off a major upset. So if all that being said, because I don't think I have to repeat any of the um, any of the playoff scenarios, I think what we had discussed was. We had a couple teams that we thought were going to make the playoffs, and uh, I don't know if we wrote these down or not. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe I said one of the teams I knew were going to make the playoffs were going to be the Rams, and I think they're locked in now. The Rams are locked in. They clinched a playoff spot after Seattle lost to Pittsburgh. And the other team is Cleveland. That I had yes. Those are the two teams. I And besides the Philadelphia Eagles or the Cowboys, because those are the obvious ones that were going to make it. Uh, so going at this point, who do you think makes it from these uh, these divisions? So for the division titles, I think Jacksonville gets it done. I think um, I think they just – it really depends on this also, I think. If Trevor Lawrence doesn't play, then I could see the Titans win that game. If Trevor Lawrence plays, I think the Jaguars should be fine. But that will all depend on if T-Law plays or not because that's big. They need him in that game. 
Um, so I think Jacksonville will get it done in the AFC South. Uh, I've been speaking about it for weeks. I think Buffalo gets it done. I think they clinch the AFC. So it's a little bit of a spoiler for our mushing hour. But I think the Bills get it done and with that division. And in the NFC, I got the Cowboys. I think they'll clinch the NFC East this week, this week with, over the Commanders. And the NFC South, I I would love to see chaos and see it being the Saints-Falcons winner getting into the playoffs, but I just think Tampa Bay gets it done this, because they're playing a, a tough team in Carolina. But keep in mind, Johnson, there's still scenarios for those other NFC South teams to get into the playoffs as a wild card. I forgot to mention with the Saints. If the Saints beat the Falcons and the Buccaneers lose, they will win the division, obviously. But if Tampa Bay lose, wins that game and the Saints beat Atlanta, there's still a scenario where the Saints can make it into the playoffs. They would need the Packers to lose to Chicago, and they would need the Seahawks to lose to Arizona, and the Saints would be one of the final wild card teams in the NFC. For the other side of it, the Falcons' only chance to make it to the playoffs is to win the division. Packers, as I mentioned earlier, winning in against Chicago and you're in the playoffs. The Seahawks need to beat the Cardinals and they need the Packers to lose to the Bears to clinch the last wild card. And for the Vikings, it's a slim chance of it happening. But if they beat the Lions, the Packers lose to the Bears, the Seahawks lose to the Cardinals, and the Saints lose to the Falcons, the Vikings will be the last team into the postseason. So it's a very slim chance for Minnesota to make it, but there is still a scenario which they could get that final wild card spot. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, I, I wish so either, but... luck at this point. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much you're asking for God himself to come grant you a playoff spot, so I think you have a better chance of that happening, to be honest. It has been the wildest NFL season, I think, in recent memory, but that would take it to another level if that were all to happen. Yeah, so I think with that being said, Nick, uh, do you want to head into our mushing hour? Or what, what are the final mushing hours of a regular season? Or the, the final, final mushing hour? The final mushing hour of the regular season and the first one, Johnson, of the new calendar year, 2024. So maybe yeah, we'll get some better luck this year. <laughs> just, to, just to recap, everyone, on the year, Nick is up four units. I'm up ten units. Uh, solid, very solid numbers to be up ten units on on uh, professional football. Solid yeah. to be up four on on, on profession, professional football with Nick as well. So both have a really decent year. I'm I'm excited. Uh, if you've tailed our picks, good for you. If not, well, maybe try again next year because I went six and one last week. Nick went five and two again. All fifty fifty plays. Um, none of this BS of, oh yeah, I'm gonna, you, because people pay for picks, it's minus 220 or minus 250, you know, someone who, someone who's blind can get those picks, right? Anyway, let's go into the first games. We have a big playoff. We, all these games are really big playoff implications. I'm not going to give you toilet bowls or anything else. Anything that can have an impact on the playoffs we're going to cover? Yep. Because we think that is the, uh, the best way to cover this mushing hour. So with that being said, with the final mushing hour of the regular season in the year 2023, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road on the our first of two games on Saturday on the road to M&T Bank Stadium, take on the Ravens, Ravens at home. However, Pittsburgh is a three and a half point favorite. 37 and a half is the slated over under because the Ravens are not going to be playing their starters. Lamar Jackson will not be playing. With that being said, give me Pittsburgh to not only win, but to cover as well. So give me Pittsburgh minus three and a half. Yeah, I think even if the Ravens were to play their players, it would maybe be for like a drive or two just so that they don't have much rust. Because they're obviously, remember, they're going to have a Give them some week rep. off in between. So they might play a little bit of this game and then they'll get rusted for the not only for the remainder of this game, but for obviously the week after that because they have home field advantage. But I agree with you. I think Pittsburgh gets it done. I'll go Pittsburgh minus three and a half as well. 
Steelers will still need the Buffalo Bills to lose to make the postseason, but there's still a shot that they can make it as a wild card. They will need some other things to go down for them as well in terms of that. But I think the Steelers, unfortunately, missed the playoffs because, as I mentioned earlier, I think Buffalo gets it done in the AFC East. So talk about that in just a little bit. But let's go into our next game. We have the Texans going into Indianapolis to take on the Colts, also the second of our Saturday night games. Uh, Indianapolis at home, minus one point favorite, and the over-under slated at 47.5. Give me Texans plus one because I think they win this game outright. And I'll give if you give me a point so I can maybe get a push, that's fine with me too. And as I mentioned, this is a win and in. No matter who wins this game, Johnson is going to make the playoffs. But there could be that crazy scenario where if they tie and the Steelers win, then the Steelers are making. So uh, just got to bring out all the chaos when it comes to this NFL season. But this is a tough one because I, I really like the Texans in this spot too. I really would love to see them in the playoffs more than this Colts. And it has nothing to really do with the Colts necessarily. It has more of the fact of I would love to see what CJ Stroud could do in the postseason as a rookie quarterback to get his team, especially a team that was expected to be picking in the top 10 of the draft this year, to not only do that, but to make it into the playoffs. So I I'm gonna I need to also pick up some games on you too to try to see if I can beat you for the season. So I'm going to go with Indy minus one. I would love to see the Texans win, but I'm not, I'm not, I, don't, I don't want to mush them fully. So I'll go Colts minus one in this one. All righty, then. So we have, next game we have our Falcons at Saints. We, so we have the Saints at home, the Falcons on the road. We have New Orleans minus three and a half point favorites and the over under slate of uh, 41 and a half. Give me Falcons plus three and a half here. It's really? going to be one of those. Give me Yeah, it's going to be one of those games where it's like, it's the tif- it's the typical divisional matchup. I still think the Saints win, but it's gonna be closer, and I think they went on a field goal. So give me Falcons plus three and a half. Well, we got spurned by that last week with the Raiders, where no, no, we didn't because the Raiders won by three. The Raiders they lost, lost by, by three. three. Yes, yeah, three and a half. Oh, okay, right, right, right. Never mind. Yeah, it was three and a half. We almost we thought we did, but they made the PAT. Right, right. So. We mentioned about what what both teams need. I mean, obviously, if the Buccaneers lose, then this becomes the division title for both of these teams. If the Buccaneers win, then the Saints will have the only chance of making the playoffs as a wild card, but they'll need other help as well. Um, Atlanta looked really bad against the Bears last week, and that's why I'm not leaning towards them in this game. The Saints lost them the first time these two teams met. I'm going to go with Saints minus three and a half. All righty, then. The next game we have are the Minnesota Vikings on the road taking on the Detroit Lions. Lions at home, minus 5.5 point favorites, over-under slated at 46.5. Big game for Detroit, and I think they're going to come to play. I don't know if the Vikings are going to come to play because they're pretty much eliminated here. But give me Lions minus 5.5 here. I think they'll win in their cover. They're going to get a lot of friendly whistles um, from Roger Goodell and from the refs because especially (laughs) what happened last week. So yeah. kind of, this is gonna be a this this whole game is gonna be a makeup game. So if they, if the Lions can't cover here, they're never gonna cover again, at least for the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, I also have Detroit minus five and a half. Um, I, I would expect to see Nick Mullins start this game for the Vikings after what happened with Jaron Hall. But like you mentioned, the Vikings they're gonna be playing for something because they still technically have a chance to make the playoffs, but it's very slim. And for Detroit, they're still fighting for the number two seat in the NFC, so they still have something to play for this week. But I just don't see the Vikings win this game. The Lions are the better team. 
Next game we have are the Chicago Bears on the road going into Green Bay to take on the Packers. Packers at home, minus three-point favorites, over under slated at 44.5. Give me Bears plus three here. Justin Fields has been really sneaky, and that Bears defense has been insane the last half of the, they have. Of the year. So give me Bears to at least cover here. I think it's going to be a, a closer game than people anticipate, and they might sneak out of a win here and kind of soil Green Bay's playoff hopes because they already have the number one pick. And to be honest with you, they probably they are going to end up taking alignment anyway. Uh, so if, if they're picking five or six, it's not going to be very, that much of a difference between these linemen, at least in my opinion. So give me Bears plus three. They're playing for pride, and, they're, and they already have the number one pick. So for them, this is kind of like a Justin Fields uh, a tryout here if they want to take Caleb Williams, Drake Bay, or Jaden Daniels. It just sucks because if the Bears didn't start off the season like they did, they would be. this would be a playoff scenario game for them right now. Going yeah, I mean, listen, the they season. got too, listen. They got too hot, too late. So yeah, um, sucks to be them. But I was kind of hoping you wouldn't take this pick because I, I, I really like the Bears in this spot. They're going into Lambo. They have nothing to play for, and it kind of reminds me, Johnson, what happened last year. Remember what happened last season? The Lions. The Lions. They had nothing to play for in that final game of the season when they got eliminated beforehand because of the Seahawks beating the Rams earlier on in the day and the and they went into Lambeau they knocked off the Packers and ended their season I could see that happening again I'm gonna I'm not even gonna go Bears plus three and a half I'm going Bears money line on the road I think they win this game outright because of Justin Fields wow okay well that's a bold prediction uh we love bold predictions here so with that being said let's get to our last two games we have the San Francisco 49ers going on the road uh Excuse me, San Francisco 49ers at home. And the Rams are going on the road to take on them. So it's a little cross town, San Francisco, Los Angeles, cross state rivalry, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, San Francisco at home, minus three and a half point favorites, 42 and a half is the slated over under. Uh, Expecting them to kind of rest a lot of their starters since they're locked in that one seed. The Rams are probably the same thing. So in a game of backups right now, maybe the Rams are still playing for something. Give me the Rams plus three and a half here. This game doesn't mean as much to San Francisco as it does for uh, the Rams. Well, they've already ruled out Christian McCaffrey for this game, so the Niners will not have right. him. Um, and they shouldn't have to play him as anyway, considering they have the one seed. I think there's still a scenario for the Rams where they could fall to the seventh seed in the NFC if they were to lose this game. But all signs indicate them being the sixth seed. And Johnson, as we've talked about it a bunch of times, the scenario right now would be for the Rams to go to Detroit to take on the Lions and Matthew Stafford's first return to Detroit. So I would love to see that happening. I'm going to go Rams money line in this game. I think they get it done. All right, so we're both taking uh, L.A. Interesting. Still St. Interesting. Louis in my heart. All right, Stan Crocking. Stan Crocky would never be forgiven. Anyways, no. uh, let's talk about the final game and probably the most Biggest game of the week. anticipated game of, of the week. And it's, it's great that it's happening on Sunday Night Football, so the players will know exactly what they're playing for. We have the Buffalo Bills going into Miami to take on the Dolphins for a division and maybe for, maybe a win-and-in spot for the playoffs, depending on how the rest well, of these games play Especially for Buffalo. Off. Yeah, especially for yeah. Buffalo. So we have Buffalo on the road. They are a three-point favorite. 49.5 is the slated over-under. With that being said, with all the money being online, give me the Dolphins at home. Give me Dolphins plus, uh, give me Dolphins plus three. Well, as I mentioned, the Bills could still miss the playoffs if they lose this game because if they lose and the Steelers win, the Steelers would get one of those last wild card spots. 
So the Bills still can miss the playoffs, even though they've had this good stretch the last couple weeks. But, so it's essentially a winning end game for Buffalo. And for Miami, it's still winning in because you're trying to get the number two seat in the AFC and get a division title for the first time in a while. But I just don't think they get it done. I have the Bills plus I have the Bills. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Bills minus three in this game. I wanted to take money line, but I, I it's still basically a money line pick either, either way. I'm just looking at it based off of what these teams have done for me lately. The Bills have looked shaky, don't get me wrong, but so has Miami. And if they don't have Waddle and Mostert again in this game, like they did against Baltimore. I just don't see how their offense is really going to thrive other than throwing it to Tyreek Hill. I got the Bills uh, winning this one. I, I know what you said about that, but Buffalo literally oh, no, barely I, I, beat I agree with They had four turnovers in the first half alone, so it's it's going to be a rough one for both these teams. Yeah, I, I just I, – I don't I don't know. I, I think when it comes down to me, it comes down to the experience of playing in these big-time games, and it's really never easy to beat – a team twice in the season. We saw what happened the first time these two teams met Buffalo steamrolled past Miami to get the win at home. It won't be easy to go into Miami, especially on a Sunday night to get the division title, but the bills might have to play for more than ever. If the Steelers win that game against the Ravens, then they essentially have to win and they have no other choice, but to win. So I think the bills will get the, I think the bills will get it done. They'll clinch the division title. And shockingly enough, they most likely will get the number two seed in the AFC. In my opinion, Alrighty then, Nick. I think that's going to conclude our final mushing hour of the year. And just before we do head off, I know we like to kind of plug card shows a little bit, so we're going to plug this next one. We're going to be heading back to the Woodbridge Card Show this Sunday, January 7th, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. in at the Hampton Inn in Woodbridge, New Jersey. That's 370 Route 9 North, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 07095. It's one of the biggest shows in Central Jersey, and we'll be there 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. all day. So we're looking forward to another great show. Yeah, it should be a fun one, considering also on Sunday, that will be the last week of the NFL regular season when it comes to Sunday games. So you might see us be watching some Red Zone while these uh, while the show's going on. But uh, we'll be sure to leave you guys with some comments and uh, some scoring updates as the day goes on along. But it should be a fun day nonetheless. The first card show for us of the new calendar year, so it should be a fun one nonetheless. Anything Absolutely. else to add, Josh, before we uh, wrap this one up? Uh, nope, I'm just looking forward to a another the final Sunday of uh, football, at least for the regular season, and I'm looking forward to the playoffs. Absolutely, and as you mentioned earlier, Johnson, tomorrow we will recap the semifinals for the college football playoff. Alabama and Michigan, Michigan currently going underway. That game is tied in the second quarter at 7 apiece. We will also cover the Washington and Texas game that will happen later on tonight. A lot to look forward to on the show. We'll recap those two games as well as giving you the final mushing hour of the college football regular season and postseason with our national championship game preview should be a fun one tomorrow night but for tonight that will do it for this week's show and the nfl week 17 in the books we now head to week number 18 a lot still go on the line for all these teams trying to get into the postseason division titles wild card spots draft position for some other teams We'll have to see how it all unfolds and who gets into this year's NFL playoffs trying to get one step closer to a Super Bowl championship. This has been Nicholas Pavona joined alongside by Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your night.